Live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, CAB Incorporated presents Celebrating Powerhouse Women. Now, here's your host, Amanda Pierch. Hello and welcome back to another exciting episode of Celebrating Powerhouse Women here on Business Radio X. I am your host, Amanda Pierch, and I am joined today by Katie Leonard. She is with Wellstar excuse me, Wellstar Health Systems, and she is the Vice President of Real Estate and Facility Development Services. Good morning, Katie. Good morning. Thank you for joining us today. As you guys know, our show is brought to you by CAB Incorporated, and since 1982, CAB Incorporated has been a distinguished leader in manufacturing and global sourcing, serving a variety of industries, including infrastructure, hydraulics, automotive, and rail with their precision and machined iron steel products. As a woman-owned company, CAB is proud to be the presenting sponsor of this Celebrating Powerhouse Women series. This series is also brought to you in part by McCarthy Building Companies and Cat Rangers. So without further ado, if you are returning, thank you for coming back and joining us. If you are joining us for the first time, please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a beat. Let's dive right in, Katie. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your current role at Wellstar and what you guys do? So Wellstar Health System is the largest uh, health system in Georgia. We have 11 hospitals and over 300 medical group locations. Our mission is to enhance the health and well-being of every person we serve. Um, it's been incredibly exciting to join their team. I am the Vice President of Real Estate and Facility De Development Services. I told Amanda it's a little bit of a mouthful. Tongue twister. Yes. Um, but I'm ultimately responsible for just the strategic initiatives associated with our facilities. I have a number of different departments that roll up to me, real estate, um, construction and project controls, our security team, grounds. We do most all of our grounds for all of those locations I mentioned, and um, a lot to do with our administrative buildings. So it's it's definitely diverse. Uh, I definitely get to be in a lot of really high-level strategic conversations on growth and properties and large projects. And I also get the calls every time someone's office is blowing heat oh. or there's a leak. So it's ever-changing. keeps it very exciting. Would you say you're a manager of chaos? I think so. It yeah. sounded, yes, like yeah. you're pulled in a lot of different directions. Yeah. But I love it. Before the show, we were chatting, and you mentioned that you had you had gone to four different locations yesterday. Yes. <laughs> Is that a typical day for you, kind of bouncing around from one site to another? Definitely, definitely. Um, obviously, we cover a large geographic area. Um, and serve some really neat communities. So between the different locations for the hospitals and some of our medical group locations, yes, yesterday was a lot of um, bouncing around and, and being in a lot of these different facilities, but it makes each day kind of exciting. And um, when you have that many different groups of leaders, it's it's always fun. E each hospital and each facility brings something different. So it's a lot of fun. And interactive. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. I like being able to move around a lot myself yes. rather than being in one place. I'm just curious, and we don't have to go too far into it, but you said here several times that you oversee the grounds for this system. Does that mean the literal grounds? Yes. Okay. So, so like landscape and stuff is encompassed in that? Absolutely. Wow. So um, it's, it's impressive uh, what our grounds department does. Actually, our leader, Tim, is amazing. And we um, in-house uh, maintain most all of our hospitals, our health parks, a lot of our medical group locations. We have a really large staff, so it's, 
Yes, the landscaping, the mm-hmm. maintenance, the small Everything. projects that come up. So, yeah. I guess that's where the facility development services kind of falls into the equation. Exactly. So, wow. a lot of the things associated with any of our facilities, even the maintenance and engineering of those, that's um, I get to be a part of. Yeah. Well, it's great because you guys, I'm sure, have uh, a code of ethics that you adhere to personally and professionally. And you can kind of um, moderate the entire you know facility because you you hold all the keys to all the parts exactly very exciting well I tip my hat to you and your role there and all all the balls that you juggle all the time I like to rewind a little bit if you don't mind and let's kind of start where you dove into um, getting excited about your career I saw in your biography that um, you went to Georgia Tech I did let's start there yeah so actually I'll start a little bit farther back I feel like I'm one of the unique people in Atlanta that I've been here my whole life so I grew up in Gainesville, Georgia. I was Ooh. a red elephant. Um, and yes, yeah, so I went to Georgia Tech um, and I loved every minute of it and have stayed involved. But I got there not sure what I wanted to do. Probably how I got into construction is one of the most popular questions I, I get because it's unique. I had no connections to it. Um, I actually started in architecture Ooh. and worked for a residential architect for a couple of summers and realized I just did not love it enough to continue that program at Tech. And uh, no offense to my design friends, but wasn't sure how far I'd make it in that career. Mm -hmm. And I had a really close friend that was in construction and told me about it, and I just got really excited. I changed my major, and I got my first internship um, actually with Skanska, beers at the time. So I got to participate in the uh, what is now the Emory Midtown Tower right across from Tech. So interned for two and a half years, absolutely fell in love with the industry, loved the stuff I got to do at Tech. Um, and yeah, worked for a large general contractor for Turner Construction for 12 years when I graduated. Um, and I, I got to do all kinds of things. I mean, I was, you know, assistant superintendent, field engineer, hard hat, you know, on projects for a number of years. And Turner did a great job with allowing me to, to, to see some on the finance side. Um, I was actually the procurement manager for Georgia and the Carolinas before I left Turner. So it was, it was great. It's a, it is a super fun industry every day, just, just like now. Is very different. different. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of things about Turner um, here in the marketplace. So 12 years, you mentioned Skanska before that. Did you not um, receive an offer with Skanska? Or was I, that did. Okay. I did. I did. Fortunately, coming out, of, yeah, coming out of Georgia Tech, um, definitely within the construction industry, there's, there's definitely a lot of opportunity. Yes. <laughs> um, actually, the executive I worked for um, at, on the, the Crawford Long Tower at, at the time, with Skanska um, had gone to Turner and I felt like there was a lot of opportunity there obviously Turner is a um, very large national company and you know I loved my 12 years there to be honest I thought I would never leave and I think that's probably one of the biggest things about keeping your eyes open um, and especially as a woman to any opportunities and just not being scared to take to take a chance because I I did love it there. So what was kind of the pivotal, to use that P word that everyone's using these days, the pivotal point for you when you were at Turner and you kind of knew that you were looking for something more and they weren't necessarily the company that could provide that for you. What did you experience, you know, growing as a professional in that transition? It's interesting because um, I was on a trajectory, obviously, when I said, you know, kind of managing two offices and, and, and was getting a lot of opportunity at Turner. I wasn't actually looking at the time. So uh, making that connection back to um, my friend from high school and college that introduced me to construction as an opportunity, uh, had made a call to me and said, hey, would you be interested in talking to us? And she at the time was working for BDR, and it just was the right moment. And um, like I said, you know, you've got to keep your eyes open and be open to something. And so I listened and a lot of the opportunities kind of taking that next step up 
um, representing owners, just that higher level opportunity was incredibly intriguing to me. Definitely a little, a little scary, especially being at a company that long with Turner, but so glad I made the leap. Um, so yeah, I, I appreciate the opportunity coming to me. Yes. Well, during that time, cause that was 12 years mm -hmm. and you are, um, an accomplished family woman as well. <laughs> um, where did, uh, Steve, your husband kind of fall into the mix? Was it so, within that time frame? <laughs> so yes, <laughs> I met my husband about three months before I graduated from tech mm -hmm. and we were in different cities for about a year and he moved up here and he's been unbelievable. We've been married for 15 years and I do have two children, mm -hmm. Jack and Lucy. Um, Jack's in seventh grade and Lucy's in fourth. Mm -hmm. And I really think the, the key to success, especially for being a woman, is having that partnership and that family. And when I was work working with Turner, actually they were amazing with me. Um, I think I was probably one of the first people to go part-time after I had um, my kids. Mm -hmm. And it really allowed me to keep my foot in the door in the industry, keep all of my connections, but then have more time at home. So kind of just taking that step um, that little bit of a pause. I knew I probably wouldn't continue to grow my career for those couple of years, but, you know, Stephen kind of took off in his, mm -hmm. and I feel like, you know, it is a constant just conversation and juggling of just making different decisions so that it works. Um, obviously, right now, I am uh, crazy busy and running around, and, and he has an awesome career but works at home, mm -hmm. so it's just having that partner that, that can support and, and just kind of find a little bit of that um, you used the word integration mm -hmm. earlier um, between family and home. It is wonderful to have that partner that supports you in your career and that can also help you drive it home, you know, in, in your home setting also. Uh, what does Steve do, if you don't mind me asking? He works in medical device sales. Ooh. But um, interesting enough, he worked for Atlanta Motor Speedway for nine years mm -hmm. in their corporate sales. So um, actually him changing careers is one of the reasons that we moved to coming. Okay. We lived in Smyrna for about nine years. So, yeah. So, um, being that you're also in, in the healthcare system, are you guys able to help each other in any way? Like, lead generation? <laughs> I mean, accounts? You, does, it, does it work for you guys in any way? <laughs> sort of. Okay. I think he would be very interested in having more business at Wall Star. <laughs> but I have to balance that up. Of course. Conflict of interest. Yes. Yeah. Well, cheers to Steve for holding it down yeah. at home. Um, you mentioned the integration and having a family is oftentimes a challenge for people, especially with um, such such a demanding role like yourself. Mm -hmm. What are a couple things that you kind of tell yourself or that help keep you centered as you deal with all the things on your plate for work? And then now, especially because the world is different, I'm sure your children have a different like learning Mm -hmm. style or whatever for school what are some little um, nuggets of advice or sanity that you can give our listeners out there I think we really appreciate and we've <laughs> probably created this our children but our downtime we do a lot just the four of us in fact the week this weekend we're getting away um, and renting an RV just the four of us so I think it's just staying true to making sure that you have that time and one of the best pieces of advice I got from another female leader one time was just you know, with the guilt that comes along with just that working and that pace and your kids is, you, know, you don't have to be everything. You don't have to drive them to every practice, you know, but when you say you're going to be somewhere, you know, then show up. Mm -hmm. Don't miss those commitments that you make. And I think that's something that I really try to stay true to. If, if, the, if it's something important to the kids, um, you know, we definitely make sure that we show up. So I think you just have to figure out what, what that looks like for you. Mm -hmm. And just showing up. Where are you guys going in the RV? We're going to Vogel State Park. I it's, don't know where that's at. It's um, going towards Blairsville, so okay. a little bit cooler. It is so unplugged. Lots of hiking, Detached, hanging yeah. out. Um, so really looking forward to it. And it's Good so funny. Guys. You can spend thousands of dollars on vacations, and our kids will likely tell you that their favorite is 
Um, camping. <laughs> yeah, and you're kind of park. forced to unplug. I don't exactly. know if there's going to be Wi-Fi or whatever yeah, there. But and enjoy nature. And again, with the balance, you know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of mind coaches or health coaches tell you to, to spend some time in nature and yeah. just kind of clear your mind. And your family's, I don't want to say forced, but they're all together in this interesting place. So they, you guys have to. Oh, yeah. It, it is the best. It yeah. is the best time together. And it's funny. On the way here, I was on the phone with um, one of the heads of my department, and I told him, I was like, let's get through today. Let's push so that this weekend is not stressful. Let's, let's finish up the things. It. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And I try to encourage my team to do the same. You've got to, you've got to step away for, for a minute. Good for you. Well, you mentioned teams. So you're a champion at home as a parent you're a champion of teams at work. Also, um, you're in the fitness, uh, world also. <laughs> so you're a champion there. Um, what are some things that help you stay strong and nimble in your mind and body in order for you to carry on and lead in the way that you do so definitely um and i think everyone who works with me appreciates the days that i do work out um which We're is better most people right? every day yeah i think it's noticeable if i don't i'm a little bit uh, edgier but um i start every morning like that so obviously with a demanding schedule that sometimes is a little bit earlier i'll probably get up around 4 15 and get my work on out at five which allows me to come in and see the kids as they're getting off to school we actually are in person in school in mm-hmm. forsyth county oh, good i know um and just have that little bit of time just to set the day and especially if i know i've got a stressful day or a big meeting it is such a great way for me just to relieve stress kind of clear my mind first thing in the morning Mm -hmm. um and just and just get going so it's i'm definitely dedicated to that and i think it just I, i think when you start your day like that or you're that disciplined or you you stay you know you know focused on your health mm-hmm. i think it just makes you just a better more focused leader i agree and and having that mental clarity exactly. for yourself yes. as a leader and i i'm like you i prefer working out in the mornings as well it kind of sets the tone for my it, day it does and you, you if i wake up my mind's going about a thousand miles an hour even sitting there at 4 30 a.m mm-hmm. getting up so it definitely slows that down so that you can kind of refocus for the day. I say I go and I take it out on the tread. <laughs> Everything that's in my mind, like all jumbled up, I go and I just, just I hear my feet pounding on the treadmill and I just, you know, away with the thoughts. Exactly. Um, well, I'm sure, I'm sure that the people that you work with appreciate your dedication and your mental agility. <laughs> Um, you serve community service is important not only to Wellstar but to you personally, and you serve um, on many boards. I will I will give an introduction of one, but I'll let you touch on the other because we talked about that being a tongue twister as well. Um, so Katie is a very active member within the Atlanta region, and she currently serves on several professional boards, including she's the 2020 chairman of the board of ABC. And for those of you that don't know what that is, is the Associated Builders and Contractors of Georgia. And then go ahead with the other one, Katie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to simplify it. But um, I'm on an advisory board at Georgia Tech for their civil engineering school. And um, I've continued to stay involved with Georgia Tech since I graduated, being on on a board for the construction program. But um, as as tech was shifting some of their construction focus to civil engineering, they developed um, an industry advisory board to, to make sure that they were creating curriculum and advising students um, in that con- that were interested in construction. And honestly, they have more students interested than they can even almost educate right now. Wow. But I wanted to be dedicated to tech continuing to produce those successful construction students the industry was looking for. Mm-hmm. So it's been it's been an incredible opportunity, um, kind of from a grounds root as they develop that program. 
Are these certifications like that are designations that I see like PMP? Is that something that someone could acquire through that program or is that something totally separate? That's separate, but tech is definitely looking at um, having the civil engineering degree have a designation for construction. It's one of our big focuses so that that word is somehow associated with your degree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Designation designations are important and they're nice to see. You know, uh, I know people in, in the marketplace that look to have so many they're like mm-hmm. I want to have comma 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 I'm like <laughs> your business card won't hold all these designations exactly. but I tip my hat because they're definitely noteworthy definitely um I do want to um give you give you some praise here for being the what is it you were just the excuse me member of the Wellstar Foundation you were named the February 2020 Atlanta Business Chronicle people on the move <laughs> tell me about that yeah so that really was highlighting the chairmanship at ABC and I, I can't say enough about ABC of Georgia which said associated builders and contractors I've been involved for years and probably about four or five years ago they st- started shifting um, their vision to be the most inclusive um, organization in, in the industry and definitely in our area so a little forward thinking and obviously as I was working more on the owner side um, it was a great fit just with my commitment to them so I've been on the board for a number of years in the executive committee is actually a four-year commitment mm-hmm. so this is my um, my third year uh, and so this is my chairman year it's been incredibly interesting uh, being partially virtual mm-hmm. uh, for the now, year yeah um, we've done amazing things though we were holding town halls for our members every Friday that I was helping facilitate and um, we're back in um, in person. some safe in-person gatherings we've got a great one coming up next week but it's to give back to me for the industry. I've loved the relationships I've had, and it was a very efficient way for me to keep them on that construction side. And there's a ton of um, subcontractor and trade partners part of that as well. So it's definitely something I'm passionate about. I can say because four years to commit to a board is quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and for you to continue with your enthusiasm, mm-hmm. I'm sure that that trickles down to them as well. What are some of the things that you have accomplished in any of your roles it could be with Wallstar or Turner any of the times maybe here in Atlanta that you can chat about that um you might you know have some pride when you drive by because you remember well I'll tell you that's probably one of the most rewarding parts about being part of the construction industry because there's that physical manifestation of work and it's been incredible like I said the Emory Midtown Tower I mean my kids probably are tired of me every time we get on the connector I'm like oh mommy worked on that that's exciting um but um large projects at CDC and Emory and just seeing that physical structure of something that you got to be a part of um is something very unique to this industry Mm -hmm. and so definitely over my career um touching different different clients and different projects I feel like in probably almost 20 years now um there's a little bit of me kind of across a lot of those city yeah. yeah That's very nice. Well, speaking of um, construction, you know, as you know, one of our other partners that supports this series is McCarthy Building Companies. Uh, McCarthy is a community-based general contractor specializing in healthcare, education, aviation, and commercial construction projects. They are committed to helping their clients achieve short and long-term strategic goals. The McCarthy Partnership for Women believes that diverse perspectives drive better outcomes, and that is why they're thrilled to support the Celebrating Powerhouse Women series. Very impressed with McCarthy and their Atlanta team. I I have the opportunity to work with them a good bit, so I appreciate what they're doing. Yes, and their women's initiative is Mm -hmm. something that I recently learned about, I guess about a year ago, when I met Anna, who's one of their PMPs. Yes, she's great. Recently, um, she was a finalist for the Moxie Awards that I was telling you about. 
Um, I learned about all of the the programs and all of the inner workings that they have devoted to women in the construction industry. And it's just amazing. It is amazing. That brings me to my point because you've been involved in it for quite a while. And I hate to use the adage as a crutch that women are treated differently in the workplace Mm -hmm. or a male dominated industry because these days we are women, hear us roar. (laughs) Um, However, I'm sure you might have experienced, especially in the field or on projects, Mm -hmm. some sort of um, diversity, for lack of better words. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's definitely a male-dominated industry. I I find it interesting, though, because that question is, is, especially in this industry, comes up a lot. Um, I just don't notice Good for you. that that I'm a woman or if I'm the only woman in in the room. Mm -hmm. It seems a non-issue to me. Um, But I love the, the, the commitment by a lot of these organizations, especially Wellstar, we have just incredible female leaders, and it is inspiring to watch them. Um, but I thought it was was put best, um, and probably some of the best advice I got was understand the business acumen behind what you do. I think as women, we a lot of times come across as those feelers or softer, and, and that is an incredible advantage in a lot of situations. But I think one thing that's missing, especially from mentors or, or male mentors to female, is just speaking the business more um, and sometimes leading with that conversation, being able to speak to the financial side of your business or the strategy side of your business. And I think just being um, getting that education and getting that training from someone really helps you kind of take that next step or be seen um, as, as just more of an equal if that is an issue. Um, I, I was at something one time and I loved the way somebody put it. And and again, McCarthy has a great focus on this, but they're like, I don't want a book club. I don't want a wine club. Mm-hmm. I want a women-focused group or initiative that is about business and promoting us and moving to that next level. And and I completely agree with that. Like, I, I, I like the drive and just sitting at the table and, and make it a non-issue. Mm-hmm. Good for you. I've heard um, several women that have sat in that seat there um, say something very similar. And uh, cheers to all the powerhouse ladies out there. (laughs) I know that at Wellstar, you guys have um, great community uh, focus as well. Your mission at Wellstar is to enhance the health and well-being of every person that you serve. And then your vision is to deliver world-class healthcare to every person every time. I think that you personally kind of exude some of those as well. Talk about the mission and your vision and how important they are to what you guys do every day. It is incredibly important and there's such a focus across all team members and Wellstar probably has 24, 25,000 team members. But it really starts from the top down and I think that's something that was most um, attractive to me, um, especially working with them for four years prior to joining their team. Um, but it definitely, they're, they're, devel- they're devoted to that. Uh, and I think one of the things Um, One of the initiatives that's going to come out, and you'll hear a lot more about um, in the coming months, is the Center for Health Equity. And Wellstar really has a dedication to making sure that our programs address the health disparities and and really just serving our communities. And it's at the heart of everything we do. I mean, every meeting that we have on an executive level starts with, you know, kind of remembering our purpose and patient stories and why are we doing what we do. And so seeing that effect on some of our communities is, is just inspiring. So there's just more to, you know, and again, taking another step in your career, I feel like I'm, I'm, there's more to what I'm doing um, than just building buildings right. and taking care of facilities. You're serving the community exactly. as well. Exactly. Exactly. You mentioned something that I'm curious about, mm-hmm. um, and you said that, 
programs and charity care for eligible patients. Can you elaborate on that? And like what type of things do you guys do yes, in so, that regard? So the the Center for Health Equity is really starting to to serve our communities in better ways and just the acknowledgement that there is health disparity and that, you know, everyone needs access to care. So a lot of the things we're doing is that access to primary care, um, focus on behavioral health. Obviously that's a big issue and I feel like has, has become even more um, front top of mind with with COVID, mm-hmm. um, just women's health, um, kind of suicide, you know, type mm-hmm. issues. Prevention. So really getting out in the communities and understanding that while every, you know, there there are a, a, a whole host of people that need that type of health care, and we need to serve again every person every time. I agree. Um, you know, with a while back when they closed a lot of the mental health facilities, mm-hmm. there was an uptake in. Um, people on the streets and there was confusion on what the status was with them so I tip my hat to you guys for being forward thinkers and getting out there um, and providing assistance this is something I learned I just want to share with the the listeners Um, Mike and I kind of had a couple questions about Wellstar when you came in Um, I don't know if you out there knew that they have 11 hospitals here in Georgia and they're one of the largest healthcare systems here in the state you mentioned the number 300 earlier. What was that? So um, three, 300 plus medical group practices um, in over about 230 locations. Wow. So you want to talk about serving the community and, and what that looks like. Um, and some of those are housed in our health parks, which is just a very innovative approach, one-stop shop um, throughout the different communities. They're, they're large facilities, very beautiful. They all have urgent cares, primary care imaging, you know, lab, you should come there and, and pharmacies and, and you should be, you know, be able to access all of your yeah, healthcare yeah. needs in one place. So they're, they're amazing, but um, definitely a large footprint. So it's exciting again, to be part of so many different communities and each one of those looks very different. Yes, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, well, I knew that you were working on a project, I think, or I mentioned, you guys mentioned something about the Emory and Johns Creek. Is that one of your facilities as well? No, that's that's Emory Health System. Okay. So, yeah, I definitely, um, prior and, and earlier in my career, before I was with Wellstar, I definitely touched a lot of the other healthcare systems okay. <laughs> and some of their projects. But, yeah, definitely definitely Wellstar focus now. Well, let's take let's take the focus off Wellstar and bring it back to you, Katie. Okay. <laughs> um, you were talking about mentorship through our mm-hmm. conversation, and you mentioned male mentorship and mm-hmm. also uh, female mentorship and slight difference between um that aside in your lifetime or your your professional career who has been somebody that uh was a mentor to you or somebody that you had the chance to return and mentor um i'm i am passionate about that and um i think anyone who's worked with me probably would 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 echo that but just development of people and my advice to everyone is have your internal board of directors and um, so I have a number of different mentors, and they're across the board. I definitely have a lot of professional mentors, but I have a lot of personal ones too. And again, kind of focusing on that board of directors, who keeps you in check? You know, who do you reach out to when you need something um, or you're struggling with something? Again, you know, kind of taking different leaps or, or taking on different challenges. And so I think you have to maintain that and you have to rely on them. Um, when you need something board. and to bounce things off mm-hmm. but I think it's important to have a diverse group of those and um, I definitely encourage a lot of people that work with me to develop that or have that awareness that it's okay and you need it um, yeah I was driving home last night talking to somebody I was laughing and I told mm-hmm. her you know you're on my internal board of directors like I call you when I need that either talking down mm-hmm. or I need a little bit of that confidence um, or just you know strategic professional advice yes 
I think it's funny. I've been laughing here silently the whole time that you referred to your own personal resource panel as the board of directors. You're such a chairman. You're referring <laughs> to your own personal um, as the board, internal board of directors. But that's who you look to for that it advice is. and that support. You're right. And so, yeah. I, and I, there are I people you'll term. go to for certain things and exactly. others that, you know, there's subject matter expertise exactly. in another area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're that. both. <laughs> so to have a robust internal board of directors would be your suggestion. Absolutely. So if someone were on your team or working with you and they kind of identified with something inside of you or they aspired to be like you uh, and they wanted to um, kind of have you as their mentor these days, you know, with coaches and stuff out there, can someone just approach you and ask, hi, Katie, oh my gosh, I enjoy working with you so much and I admire where you're at. Um, could we have coffee and you just spill life's wisdom? How would that relationship work for you? A direct mentor, um, mentor I, I, I relationship. I feel like I must give off a vibe that, that I love that or enjoy it and um, probably get passed on to some people. But um, I feel like I get that a lot. And I, if someone reaches out and wants to connect for one reason or another was passed on to me, I definitely um, try to make the time. Um, and and I, I feel like I connect quickly with people so um, developing that personal relationship and understanding them and especially if they're quote looking for their board of directors mm-hmm. um, I very much appreciate people reaching out and wanting to hear a story or you know or get some advice and bounce something off so I, I definitely think that's that's a large part of, of kind of my day-to-day mm-hmm. now kind of water bugging like I told you I do <laughs> how old are your children are they so teens? Jack is is 12 and in seventh grade so I've got a middle schooler mm-hmm. he is brilliant and fun and he's into boy scouts he's he's doing amazing i hope he stays on that track and great at tennis Mm -hmm. Um, but definitely sinking into that middle school like he doesn't use a lot of words when i ask him questions Uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. good Mm -hmm. he did start um, using things like great with emphasis because i think he thinks i won't ask him another question Mm -hmm. but he's spectacular Um, my daughter lucy is nine going on about 18 if anyone knows her um, she is incredible, loves her big brother, their best friends, does everything for him. So good luck to whoever marries him in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is an incredible dancer. She dances um, competitively for Fusion Dance Company out of coming, and she's um, she is inspiring. Um, what kind of dance is it? Like ballet? Oh, like it, it all. She does ballet, jazz, tap, hip hop, lyrical. Very um, cool. Yeah. So, so during COVID, uh-huh. like I remember going out for a run and coming home, just talking about the differences in our children. Lucy had spent an hour um, working on her left side flexibility through different kind of routines, and Jack had never moved. Like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, that's the total, yeah, the boy and the girl. But that it just came to me, your fitness um, your fitness uh, education mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. understanding is probably very helpful to her in situations like that because I don't like what nine-year-old knows how to exercise their left mobility without (laughs) some instructions exactly so I told you she's very yeah she's very uh mature for her age that's exciting well where I was going with that is so they're kind of at the age where they're looking or not looking they're very malleable very Mm -hmm. impressionable um so I'm sure that they if they do not already look to you for that mentorship you and Steve as well absolutely absolutely and I think that Especially uh, t- going back to the, 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 the mom guilt, if you will, or, or trying to f- strike that balance at home. Um, I find that it is inspiring to them that I have this career. And they, you know, see not only just Stephen and I, you know, p- pursuing careers or being successful. We talk about it with them a lot. And so um, I, I, think, I think it's a good influence on them. And, and they see our focus to them and our family time as well. So 
I do too. I think it's important for the children to see um, the parents going out and, and working hard mm-hmm. because that they're, they're learning that themselves that you go out and you work hard yeah. and you come back yep. and, and you can do it all. You can have the family. Yeah. You can have the children. Yeah. You can be involved in dance and Boy Scouts. Yes. Yes. Boy Scouts can be very rigorous. I know. Oh. What is it? It goes from Boy Scouts to Eagle Scouts. So yeah. So funny enough, Stephen, my husband has been so dedicated to it. He was den leader for Jack through Cub Scouts, which is kind of prior to middle school. He was actually the pack master for the entire group. Um, but once you get a Boy Scouts, it's, it's very boy-led, and that's the cool part. It's, again, I'm like, you know, he's a middle school boy, mm-hmm. but somehow he can go out and, you know, like set up his own, you know, campsite. Start a fire start with a nothing fire. around. <laughs> and so it's just great life skills. And so it is it is a lot of time, but it's something that, that he loves. Um, so Great pandemic skills, too. Right. Little did you know. <laughs> He can forage for food in case the Kroger's all closed down. (laughs) That's very exciting. Well, it sounds like you lead a very busy life, not only in the field, but at home too. Um, What type of advice would you give um, someone like myself that is kind of at the peak of their career, maybe looking to start a family when they find that person? Is there anything you would have done differently now looking back? Um, Or would you just proceed in the manner in which My advice would be... um, to give yourself some grace and and especially if you're chasing that career um take that step because you don't get it back and you know I was so fortunate to be able to work part-time for those few years and just I felt like I again kept my foot in the door so that I could continue to you know hold on to my contacts stay relevant but it gave me that time at home and I think you just have to be able to give yourself that grace and know that you know something else will come up or your career will continue and I think that's something especially for females thinking about starting a a family is is overwhelming to think about and how it would be supported but so many of these companies are putting initiatives into place and I mean even COVID with, you know, the remote working is definitely right. promoting the fact that it can be very successful um, to find that balance or to, to be home more. So just give yourself some grace, give yourself time if you're going to have that family and just know that that career's, that career's out there. Right. You can keep chasing it. And now, like you mentioned, um, I forgot what company you mentioned, but that they, they gave you the opportunity to still work part-time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of employers are becoming more flexible because yes. they understand that that's a pain point for mm-hmm. a working mother and a family. It so is. they're allowing, you know, more um, maternity leave mm-hmm. or allowing a little bit more flexibility. Flexibility with that um, is key and, and on both sides because, number one, I mean, some of these are, are your best employees and, you know, your superstars, and you want to hang on to them. And so don't lose them, you know, just just because of, of policy. Be flexible and be open-minded. And I, I'm seeing that more and more, and I think, I think that's going to really keep a lot of these female leaders in the industry or in their careers so that they can, they can have that time and then come back. Guns a-blazing. Guns a-blazing. <laughs> Speaking of guns, we were talking about working out earlier. <laughs> Sun's out, guns out. Um, I would like for you to share with our listeners just a little bit about your um, enthusiasm with physical fitness. Yeah. Because you <laughs> are certified and in, in you're a fitness instructor through Strong Fit, which is really cool. But what really caught my eye was your kettlebell work. Mm-hmm. And then your body and your barbell lifting. So yeah. we were chatting about the body weight exercises being so crucial now with the COVID and home workouts. Yeah. Kind of share what, what made you so excited to obtain that certification and just continue to pursue. So, yeah, I would, most people that know me, sometimes I'm known more for my working out than probably my career. I remember at, at one of my gyms, someone said, you have a job? And I was like, yeah, yeah. like a big kid job. Yeah. <laughs> Don't just work out. Yeah. Um, but I do do it early in the morning. Um, I think for me, 
as uh, as my I really got into it more after I had Lucy to be really honest it became something for me and then I became it became something that I just needed in my day-to-day life but um, Strong First was an amazing uh, uh, international organization that was kind of founded in kettlebell works and I fell in love with it and I just wanted to be better I mean I have coached over the years but it was more just personally for me the achievement of you know you know obtaining those certifications so at two kettle certifications Mm -hmm. um, and I went to Boston to do their lifting certification so barbell work deadlifts bench pressing military press and again just to the T being just coached and and learning each movement just to be stronger and I went to Seattle to do a body weight certification so obviously um that's fun you got to travel I know and I've met the coolest people across the country but Mm -hmm. the body weight certification to pass it uh, for a female was a one-arm push-up wow so yeah on the wall or on the floor (laughs) on the wall or on the floor floor. okay because I can do it on the wall (laughs) So, tra- I mean, training for those have been, like I said, it's a, it's an accomplishment. It's something for me. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to be good at it. It keeps it to me. It just keeps you safer mm-hmm. and understanding form. So, yes, I love That's my exciting. workouts. And I like to talk about them. Good for you. For all the people who uh, are tired of hearing about my workouts. No, because I'm definitely not in this dress and your skirt. But one day I'll have to <laughs> have you just spot my deadlift and make sure that my See, form is correct. I would correct. love that, though. Because I feel a lot in my lower back. But I don't know. I mean, I understand it works your lower back. But I don't know if I'm supposed no, to feel like. Okay, so all. then no. I'm doing yeah, something Yeah, we got wrong. some work to do. I think I, I yeah, I'll just let you do. see. But I, I feel like when I'm in the mirror, it looks phenomenal. But I don't have anybody telling me it does. That's awesome. So we'll seek your expertise in that. But I think that the coaching aspect or the – I asked somebody, I was like, what, what is unique? Like if, if you were describing me, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people say my energy. So I'm known for my exclamation points. I overuse them, um, but I love them. Mm-hmm. And then I get really excited when my team uses them. Mm-hmm. Um, but just that energy, and I think I think just that coaching aspect um, kind of spills over into that professional setting as it well. Does, so yeah. I kind of see that. Yeah. Um, I understand your enthusiasm. I, too, am an enthusiastic <laughs> person. I feel like almost every sentence can end with an exclamation it, it, point. It can, or it, three. Sometimes when I meet people like yourself for the first time via email, after I write the email, I go back and I omit like four or five of them Mm because I'm like, this person's going to think I'm a lunatic. Everything is so exciting. So now that we know each other, they'll be well received. (laughs) I spend so much time on emails and again people who've worked with me probably know that but it can take an hour to write an executive email that that's other great advice like if you're going to send something to somebody they need to be able to glance at it and, and understand the message immediately most people are looking and especially high level executives are looking at these on their phone these days and it is critical and so i just pour over just how that message comes across in an email and I will find a lot of exclamation points throughout mm-hmm. some of those and I'm like that's not okay I can, okay I'll, I'll save it for the bottom okay yeah well go back if you don't mind because I'm learning here um, I tend to be quite wordy in emails too especially with pleasantries in the beginning so on and so forth no. and Mike always tells me to get no. rid of the garbage yes and he'll make it a, just one paragraph and I'm like it's yes. so unpersonal yeah. tell me what well the, you have to understand your your goal and your purpose of that email. So um, I do a lot of pleasantries and exclamation points and fun things in email and settings. Um, but if it's something that is, again, this goes back to that business acumen, um, you, you have to understand, and it is a skill I'm still working on. I will still ask someone to read over an email. But um, really getting your point across, stating the question or the goal that you're trying to achieve in the email, don't leave it open-ended. Don't leave it just informational unless it is. Um, but I can spend an hour probably writing an email to an executive because if I need an answer, 
then I have to structure it in a way to make it successful to get that answer. Mm, so I, like I know that. it sounds crazy. And, and again, probably my team would, would uh, be sitting here in the room laughing at me because we spend lots of time um, practicing training and going through emails together to make sure that they're efficient. Well, good for you because you're setting them up for success. Oh, yeah. Because they're going to be having to, you know, <laughs> communicate with these people as well. I like that. Structure it successfully. Yep. You successfully structure a lot of things, <laughs> buildings included. Okay. <laughs> structure successfully. Thank you for that tip. Yeah. I wrote all those steps down. Yep. Well, we're going to take a, a quick break in here from our last sponsor, and that is Cat Rangers. Cat Rangers is saving lives of cats and kittens one paw at a time. They are the special forces of cat rescue, and all of their felines recover in their lovely home-like center in Buford while they wait to find their forever homes. Cat Rangers is growing rapidly and is always seeking financial and volunteer support. Please contribute by visiting catrangers.org today. We love our furry friends at Cat Rangers. The look on your face was priceless. Um, okay, you so said you're in the coming area. If you're ever in Buford and you like <laughs> like cats and you don't want to own one, you just stop by Cat Rangers. Thank you. you. I will write that down. Bring your children. You can sit there, have a coffee, and just pet them and leave. And they, like, love to. Okay. But if you know of anybody that wants a cat. <laughs> I'll keep in mind. Okay. It has been such a pleasure getting to know you and laugh with you. Thank you for the personal um, advice and the professional advice. Katie, is there anything else you'd like to leave our audience with today before we say bye-bye? No, I just appreciate being part of this. I love that you have this platform. Um, I think it's it's fun to celebrate to celebrate women. Powerhouse so. women. Powerhouse women. Uh -huh. So I just, I really appreciate being part of it. Of course. Well, thank you for your time today. I know you have um, some large things to attend to after the show. Um, for everybody out there listening, thank you so much for joining us. We are live every Friday on Business Radio X at 1130 a.m. If you happen to miss the live broadcast, you can catch up with us wherever you get your podcasts. I listen on Apple iTunes, sometimes on YouTube. You can find them anywhere you like. Be sure and hit that subscribe button so that we knew that you were there. Um, let's see here. And you can stay connected with us on social media at Gwinnett Radio X. Do you guys have social media for Wellstar? Like, oh, do you Facebook goodness, yes. I'll have to plug we myself are, in. We are fabulous at it, especially guys. with our new rebranding. We have new logos, new colors. Um, it's incredibly exciting. And the team, the marketing team, has done an amazing job on social media. Good. Yeah. I love um, stellar marketing teams, especially ones with social presence. So I'll have to yeah, follow you absolutely. guys. Absolutely. Well, thank you, everybody out there, for listening. And again, thank you for um, joining me today, Katie. Until next time, I am Amanda Pierch, and this has been Celebrating Powerhouse Women on Business Radio X. Mm -hmm.